There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma, and we're both card carrying members of the Infertility Club. you could possibly forget those lines at this stage is beyond me (laughs) well sometimes it catches you out you know you're just unaware and then you're like boom my brain is the synapses have just not not kicked in Uh uh-oh how are you good how are you i'm great big week big week emma i haven't slept past 2 a.m for i want to say seven whole days oh are you scared I've just I've got a number of things that make me nervous but mostly I keep having anxiety dreams that I've accidentally done plagiarism okay yeah yeah yeah. I don't think I have I don't think you have I'm fairly certain I haven't yeah but I just keep worrying about it well I yeah I I honestly don't think you have I know you you didn't copy and paste I'm not a classic plagiarist no it's not your vibe. No, but um, just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's because um, I was accused of plagiarism a couple of times when I was doing my A-levels. Because God. basically I went from not working very hard at all to getting my shit together and the teachers couldn't, uh, couldn't really understand what was going on. So right. they were like, just like, you did plagiarism. I was like, no, I didn't. Maybe they, your really teachers hard. are going to buy your book now and be like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I doubt that's the case. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm nervous about. I guess I, you know, I think I think people will love it. But yeah, there's always that fear. It's like, you know, you've worked really hard on something mm. for what feels like fucking ages. And um, yeah, I just hope that people like it. <laughs> it's so exciting though. It's so exciting. And we've done a couple of interviews with national media organizations haven't we mm-hmm, you have um so hopefully they'll be out mm, this week or next week no i think I this week um this week. i'd say pick up the sun on thursday yeah mm-hmm. and pick up the daily mail and you magazine at some point indeed um and so today is tuesday our book comes out in two days <coughs> two two days mm-hmm. and um yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely stoked. I managed to, my, my dad called me today and I was like, have, have you pre-ordered yet? And he's like, no. I was like, dad, 
And he's like, I don't pre-order books. I'll wait until like, oh. I was like, if you pre-order it now, it's pretty much going to be the same as if you ordered a normal book that was already out. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's out now pretty much. Just can you, can you just do the impression of your dad again? <sighs> I don't really order books unless they're out. <laughs> That's not anywhere near how he sounds. He's from the Wirral, which is near right. Liverpool. He doesn't sound like that. He does sound northern, but not. I don't know. I just can't do my dad's accent. It's really hard. sounded like a beetle just then. I suppose he does sound maybe a bit like a beetle. There was a bit of a Paul McCartney vibe there. (laughs) Yeah, that's not entirely accurate of my dad. But but thanks. That's that's good. That's good. Um, And yeah, so I hope uh, everyone enjoys getting the book on Thursday. Oh, do you know what I'd love? If everyone, well, if you want to, if you get the book on Thursday, take a picture and we'll share it. I'd love that if there were people sending us books pictures of the book I'd be like oh just die of happiness I would die of happiness too that would make me so happy it's quite a striking cover it is quite a striking cover yeah yeah, yeah. god we're very boring I promise it's not gonna be like this forever well just I think next... this is the last the last pod book pod isn't it well actually yeah. no. no we might have a recording yeah. from the book launch that we're yes. gonna put out there that you'll have to listen to as well um great. but we do we come with other good tidings um mm-hmm. We did a competition for 10 lucky winners to get a copy of the book gratis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've got some names here. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. First, I should probably reveal the answer to the question. So yeah. as many of you know, we asked you to tell us how many times the word fuck appears in our book. And Can I just say a lot of people really underestimated us. <laughs> a lot of people... Like there was someone who said 600 and something times. I was like, I mean, I, I really love that. I'd actually probably like to give her a book just for just for being so, I mean, I was actually quite surprised how few times because having read it, I felt like it was in there quite a lot. But then yeah. I did a search and it was, are you ready for this guy's drum roll? Can you do a drum roll, Emma? I can't do that noise. Uh, 13 times. 13. I know it's we like ourselves down. It's a lot less than I thought it was, guys. It's a lot less. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, fear not. Uh we've got 10 winners. I'm going to read their names. Well done everyone. Right, should I just start naming names? Yeah, just smash them out. Okay, guys. Number 1, Melissa Murta. Number 2, Annika, just Annika, like just Madonna. <laughs> Number 3, Hannah Greenney. Number 4, Charlotte Hamilton. Number five, Jude Busema. Number six, Jennifer Mart. Number seven, Kimberly Bugda. Number eight, Maria Adios. Number nine, Mar- no, Emma, one, Emma I. God, I'm really shit at this, aren't I? <laughs> Emma I. Number ten, Claire Norman. Hey. hey! Congratulations, and presumably you're going to email all these people as well. I am going to email ev- everyone. Yeah, Great. and um, I don't know where all these people are from, but Maria is is in Hungary, and um, who else have we got? Yeah, Hannah. Hannah is in Australia. Oh, yep, there's a book going confused. winging its way to Australia. Congratulations for getting quite quite well. Also, guys, hot off the press. Um, I got a message on Instagram today from someone in Australia saying that they are able to pre-order our book. And is that correct? And I said, I've, I don't know. You tell me. And she's, yeah, she's been able to okay. order it. Well, I guess if she gets it, then Australians are all having a good time. Yeah, man. If anyone's looking for it in Australia, QBD Books. 
is where um, this listener has found it. So there you go. Okay. We're all surprised. I promise that you'll actually get it. Yeah, I mean, none of us are aware of that. We don't know if it's official, but it does look like our book, so... Okay. Right. Okay. Well, um, who are we talking to today, Gabs? We are talking to, oh my God, the glamorous Pippa Vosper. Pippa is a, a writer, presenter and brand consultant... Um, we talked to her about the loss of her baby late in her pregnancy. Um, I cried while I was editing it. I bet it's pretty hard going, wasn't it? Yeah. It's... What's What's interesting is that she's so she's got her shit together so much mm. that we were actually we had our shit together during the interview as well. Mm. No one lost it. No one lost it. No. But I did lose it while I was editing it. Yeah, it's probably one of the worst stories I've heard. Yeah. I've heard some bad stories. But she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't let it get her. You know, she's kind right. of just says it quite matter of fact about what happened. Yeah. Um, she was just brilliant. I guess she's probably done a lot of work. Yeah. Um, her book is coming out in August of 2022. And it's yeah. called Beyond Grief, Navigating the Journey of Pregnancy and Baby Loss. Yes, I think it's going to be great if if that's kind of relevant to you, then you should really look into it. To be honest, yeah. I'll probably get it. Pip is great. Um, yeah. She wears so many good dresses, man. I just can't oh. get over how someone can wear such amazing dresses on the I regs. Know. She, like, I think lived for a while without me knowing around the corner from me. Oh, wow. And I wish we could have hung out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a shame. Back in the day, we would have got her around to my little flat to do a recording. Yeah, we would have. God, yeah. I miss those days of doing this in person. So do I. Um, I just wanted to um, do some lingo, a lingo check. Mm. An oral thesaurus, if you mm-hmm. will. Aural. An aural thesaurus? I don't know how we pronounce it. Um, anyway, she talks about an ACU that stands for Assisted Conception Unit, a.k.a. a fertility clinic. Um, she also talks about something called a cerclage, which is a stitch that they put into the cervix to prevent a loss if the cervix has previously been weakened. Um, just thought I'd sort out some vocab there. Thanks for clarifying, Emma. That's very kind. Hey, I'm nothing if not thorough. Indeed. Okay, well, um, I hope you enjoy the chat. And um, in the meantime, after you've listened to this, mm-hmm. after you've received our book, after you've posted about receiving our book, mm-hmm. you can... You can follow us on Instagram. At Big Fat Negative. You can follow us on Twitter at big fat negative you can email us big fat negative podcast at gmail.com um and you can leave us a nice review you can yeah if you like if you fancy yeah or you can um oh that's it that's it yeah i think we're just gonna ask you to buy our book from now on yeah to be honest. any more requests can uh unless you want to buy a just relax t-shirt which is fair enough because they're fucking cool in which case you can find the link in our instagram all right guys on with the episode please enjoy and we're back i'm back hello hello how are you i'm as fine as i was 15 seconds ago oh good good i'm glad the, the time that the jingle played hasn't hasn't been a bad time for you no it's um <laughs> we've had quite a busy time haven't we yeah um oh my god i'm, I'm exhausted i've mm. actually got quite a sore throat so many people i know have covid right now oh mate don't i actually felt a bit ill today oh, i'm god. scared yeah it's um i feel like it's coming closer don't get me just before the book launch oh my god can you imagine i oh, know that's it. I, I know. I that. really hope. I really hope that doesn't happen. I'm in isolation now. 
That's it. Oh, God. I wish mm-hmm. I could isolate. Um, we did a photo shoot last week. That was quite exciting. I loved that. I had such a nice time. Yeah. The lovely Claire Randall, who's your mate from your co-working space, isn't she? She is my mate from my co-working space. Um, and she's just, we just had such a chilled time. Yeah. She was um, very cool. We and drank coffee and wine. Yes. Two of my favourite things. Situation, yeah. Um, Took some serious photos, some cheesy ones. <laughs> Particularly cheesy. We were like, yeah. can we take some really cheesy ones in the book? And she was like, okay. <laughs> She's a bit surprised by our willingness to cheese, to, to over cheese ourselves. Um, uh, yes. But it's great. And you guys are going to get slammed by them on Instagram. Yes, you are. Oh, um, yeah. Potentially Lots of content. Well. <laughs> yeah. Loads coming your way. Yeah. Um, uh, so we thought we'd take this opportunity because you haven't heard about it enough to talk about the book and kind of and a little bit about its contents because I think we've gone on and on and on and on on about how great it is we haven't really talked about what's in it we haven't really talked about what's in it no um so we thought we'd kind of talk about the process of writing it the process the process what's your process like my process was just like going fuck i gotta write this fucking thing (laughs) fuck 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 right 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 gotta fucking write it right now oh god fuck how are we gonna do this over and over again for i would say about eight to nine months yeah um i did it in very small increments do you know it's not like you sat down and spent a month writing a book do you know what i mean it was all it was all little bits here and there stolen moments Stolen, yeah, or stolen moments, mostly after work. Yeah, just like I felt it kind of a lot of it rolled off the tongue because the bits that were our experience, obviously, it was just like kind of easy to write. What did you find most surprising about writing it? Um, I think, do you know what? We did, um, in one of my chapters, which is about the partners going through it, Mm. um, and that was about I, I interviewed my husband. Mr. Uh-huh. Gabby, and he told he me some stuff that I didn't really know before about his feelings when we were going through it and how he had feared that it was going to break us up and all this stuff that was kind of new to me. It was kind of weird typing it up. I was like, oh, this is strange. Yeah. Oh, that's emotional. You also spoke to um, my other half. I did, yeah. I interviewed Mr. Emma. That was fun. Yeah. Um, was he he didn't come across as totally monosyllabic no he didn't he was yeah he's quite um articulate about it so yeah the whole chapter's about kind of because obviously when you're going through it often the the person that doesn't have the womb that's being impregnated is often a bit like a spare part right yeah so so we've kind of explored that a little bit yeah what it's like being a partner cool and what it's like going through it on your own Mm, so yeah that's my my surprising bit what's your surprising bit my so I did a whole chapter on miscarriage which was the one that I found hardest to write because I don't know why actually I don't really know why um but I just found it incredibly difficult and Mm. emotional and it got me having lots lots of conversations with friends who'd had losses and you know like I interviewed somebody who um I don't know if I write this in the book actually but was going through like got her BFP at the same time as me Mm. and we were messaging each other like oh my god I can't believe we both got it at the same time um and then she lost the baby and I didn't Mm, and it was it was awful for her and she had like I think she had three losses in total before and now now she's got a little girl um this is lovely Amy that I'm talking about hi Amy if you're listening um and I like we actually spoke like heard each other's voices for the first time 
when I was interviewing her about it and what it was like. That's crazy. Um, and But ugh, I'm digressing massively. The thing that I found most surprising for me was I wrote a whole bit on like the physical effects of a miscarriage. Mm. Pregnancy loss, which is the term we use in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what happens to your body? And loads of this stuff I just had no idea about. Yeah, it's like mad. oh, and actually, in the next couple of weeks, we're speaking to somebody who's written a book about um about that kind of thing, and she like she was saying that when she had one of her losses, she experienced hair loss. Wow, which is like one of those things that you experience after you have given birth, and like I I just think we we really don't talk about that stuff. Like I know we don't talk about infertility, we don't talk massively about miscarriage, hmm. but the physical side hmm. of that stuff, God. I've never, mm-hmm. I've literally never heard it mentioned outside yeah. of like conversations I've had with my friends and people, yeah. maybe a bit on here. Yeah, it's something you don't expect when you're going through it. I think often people are taken completely by surprise, aren't they? Which is horrible because the more prepared you are, obviously, sometimes the easier things are, even though they're hard anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's why I thought it's quite important to put that in the book. Definitely, definitely. Like what's going to happen to your body? Yeah. Which bit did you like writing the most? Do I like writing the most? Yeah. Um, there is a piece in the book about me, the the moment that I realised I should probably rein it in and stop drinking so much, and that was quite a funny piece to write because that was quite a funny moment in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean it. I mean at the time it wasn't funny because it was wrapped up in all sorts of guilt around like thinking that people were judging me for still drinking when I was trying for a baby and like but then having that feeling of like being sad because I got my period and wanting to get shit faced Mm -hmm. but then oh yeah I mean there's so many weird complex emotions around that time so yeah I wrote about that which is felt quite funny as well as obviously (laughs) quite shameful so yeah how about you what was your favorite bit to write I think I just like I, I knew which bits I liked writing because I made the same joke about five times all the way through. <laughs> and then we had to go and go through and like edit those bits out because I'd made the same joke. I think like just laughing at all the stupid things I did when I was going through the kind of the TTC phase. Yeah. Um, like, you know, pulling my pregnancy tests apart to see if there was a line hiding under the casing. Yeah, that was one yeah. that I I like, repeated about five times. Um, <laughs> just like going back over that stuff and just, like kind of laughing at myself because I guess because it's in the past now Mm -hmm. but at the time just being so ashamed of my own behavior like what the fuck was I doing I mean um yeah everyone does some fucking crazy shit don't they yeah they do and it's okay it's It's normal guys and it's acceptable and it's totally fine yeah don't be ashamed do you know I've just read um Dolly Alderton's book Ghosts oh yeah it's really good is it yeah it's really good I've never been a huge fan of hers, but she's a good novelist. Um, and she, there's a whole bit in that kind of, the, a whole theme in it, which is talking about how like the word crazy is kind of weaponized against women. Mm-hmm. So like if a guy ghosts you, like in the book, one of the characters gets ghost, ghosted, like in like quite advanced stage of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And she just like she texts him a load of times, but doesn't hear back from him. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know if I'm giving away massive spoilers. Sorry, guys, if I am. But um, but then I haven't read it. Well, I I just yeah. And then she texts. She basically like it's implied that she's being crazy, 
because oh, she's yeah. texting him loads of times and he's not responding and it's just like you know the, the implication is that she's the one that's been crazy when yeah, obviously like if you're really far into a relationship and you then just disappear that is obviously the crazy behavior yeah but like completely. the word crazy is deployed against women mm. and so we often have that tendency to think we're being crazy when actually we're behaving like human normal beings it's true happens to me all the time yeah and also like the word crazy isn't always yeah. great is it no it's because... not it's not it's not particularly pc no so um but it's just yeah it's really really interesting like the way society mm. views like normal human behavior when females are doing it yes that's mm-hmm. a good point yeah maybe the next book yeah maybe the next book um i'll <laughs> you know plagiarize ghosts <laughs> Dolly won't mind she doesn't listen to this She'll podcast <laughs> well guys we look forward to hearing what your favourite parts of the book are yes we do send us some photos we'd love to indeed I was going to say we'd please. love to hear them but we'd love to hear your photos we'd love to hear your photos <laughs> always a pleasure guys always a pleasure this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Pippa, it's really nice to have you on. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah. Yep, just staring out the window, which is a nice ah, view. For is me it today. a view of darkness because it's dark? Um, yeah. Well, I actually live on a really busy road, so there's a bus oh. passing me right now, which I oh. just love watching people on the bus for some reason. Give them a wave. I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> strange. <laughs> I'm a strange lady behind the curtain that just looks at people on buses as they go past. Oh, I like that. Um, okay, so we start every single episode with the same question, which is tell us about your journey. Well, for me, um, I had my first son after, gosh, what, seven or eight months of trying mm-hmm. and it was incredibly easy and I thought, wow, this is 
you know, whatever. Yeah. Didn't give anything a thought on fertility mm. or loss or, you know, I didn't really know anybody either or nobody had been open about it with me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, trying naturally, what was I at the time? 36. And I thought, oh, you know, let's crack on because I am 36 thinking this is an older stage anyway. And um, it wasn't working. So then right. my husband and I were like, well, let's just sort of follow the ovulation path and really pay attention and, you know, maybe not schedule things in, but really pay attention to, you know, yeah. when we're having sex and hopefully yeah. things will crack on. Okay, and then, stuff. yeah, but like literally <laughs> nothing, not even any sign of anything. So then I had some tests done, just probably what every person begins with, mm-hmm. and it wasn't showing anything. There was nothing wrong. Eggs were fine. Workings were fine. Husband's sperm was fine. So continued trying. And then as I was sort of more ending of my 30s, I just said, you know what, I think we really need to go and explore IVF. Mm-hmm. So then did the research. I'd had my son at Chelsea Westminster. So right. I really like the hospital. I don't know. Yeah. I just like, I feel safe there. So yeah. there's an ACU there. Uh, like the guy that we met um, and we began that process. And to be honest, I didn't respond well at all. I got incredibly depressed. I put on tons of weight. Okay. Um, hated the experience. I, I do think looking back, it had something to do with, and people may hate me for saying this, it had something to do with it being January. I know it sounds bizarre. No, but I think was, we understand, all understand that. Really? And it was dark yeah. and it was gloomy yeah. and, you know, and it was unpleasant just mm-hmm. to be in the environment where it was, you know, dark and damp. So did this on the long protocol protocol, and um, great, nice result. Got some good embryos, blastocyst, everything's great. Mm. So um, we transferred one and it worked. It was my son and going through the pregnancy, totally fine. Like nothing, mm. nothing, nothing, nothing. But you know, you go through the NHS system and this isn't to knock the NHS, but perhaps they're not as, well, I know they're not as able to give you the attention you would like. Yeah. And I'd had an emergency cesarean with my first son because of preeclampsia, okay. which is super common. I mean, this isn't mm. a trauma. Um, not lovely um, though. Not no. great, but no. it's not one of those high on the discussion levels of, you know, it yeah. was super traumatic because it wasn't. It was just really shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, because my son's massive head was caught in my cervix for too long, it damaged my cervix. It was weak. But on my second pregnancy, there was really no need or nobody really thought to check this out. So as my son, my second son grew, my cervix was obviously opening with his weight. The heavier Mm -hmm. he got, the more my cervix was going to give way at some point. And then um, five months into my pregnancy, I remember waking up in the house and um, my son had moved from sort of what I would say a higher stomach position and Mm -hmm. he was sort of laying more pelvic area so I woke my husband up it was about 3 a.m and I said um something's I think I know something's very wrong right and so I got up and started to get dressed and then 
oh, my water's broke. I had a top on, but no underwear, no bottoms. I was sort of three in the morning. I'm trying to get dressed, you know, yeah. and I'd gone to the bathroom and my water's broke. And then my son, my son's legs came out. So then, oh my God. Yeah. So then we could see him and my husband just looked and, you know, he had that look of absolute terror on his yeah. face. I mean, sweet, nice to me, but just really frightened. Uh-huh. And, oh goodness, called 999. And the love, we got someone super nice and super in control, thank God. And mm. she just said, you're going to have to deliver your baby. So oh she told us how to lay towels on the floor. And she said, right, you know, talk, told me how to crouch down. And she said, right, you're going to have to push and deliver him. Okay, and then God. when he came out, because my waters had just broke, he was breathing. Um, he had the ability to breathe for a short while. And... So my, she said, oh, you know, she told my husband how to give him mouth to mouth. So I was holding his little hand, mm. my baby, not my husband. And um, he, my husband was giving him mouth to mouth. And then my son woke up because the ambulance arrived. Mm-hmm. And so my son's five and a half at this point, And I knew he couldn't see everything. So my husband leaves. So I start giving my baby mouth to mouth. And then the two paramedics came in. One guy super in control, one terrified a young Australian guy and so that didn't help matters because he was so frightened you could see it um and gosh you know I don't remember parts of that morning but Mm. they I remember them saying can you can you get to the ambulance and I I think I'm sure I walked there you know okay you know and got to the ambulance and I remember my baby lying on my stomach in the ambulance and I was just stroking him and he died now. Oh, he dead. He was dead. Pepper. And yeah, it's it's just unbelievable that this happens to anybody, mm. and any of the experiences happen to anybody. Mm. And yeah. you know, little guy, just bless him, just lay, you know, poor old thing, and um, get to the hospital. Everyone crowding round you in A and E. Doctor comes down, pushes my placenta out, and then we get wheeled up to a room, private, not private as in NHS, but private from the ward um and but you're you're on the labor ward so yeah of course all day long we're just hearing babies being born and because I was in such a state of shock Mm. and trauma I I kept saying to them oh my god is that my baby you know is he did you revive him is he okay Mm. I can hear my baby outside oh you're just you just can't help any of it you know you really are not you know, with anything at the time, obviously. Of course. Um, you know, and then we spent time with our baby and it was lovely. That part was so lovely being with him. Mm-hmm. And he was very cute. And we, you know, took photos and had that yeah. time, although it was... How many weeks was this, Pepper? Pregnant? Yeah. 20. 20, right. Yeah. And um, see, he's, he's a proper person. His ears yeah. are little cauliflowers and, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, his eyes won't open. But, yeah. you know, he resembled in in the facial shape my son and he had all his limbs and fingers and toes and everything yeah gorgeous um but yeah then you just have to leave hospital and try and find out a way that you are going to be able to live with this mm-hmm. because it is it's <clears throat> as everybody listening and you guys it's unbearable like oh, it's it's God. it's actually unbearable you know, I, I speak, I've spoken about this before, but I did contemplate suicide one night because I literally couldn't wake up the next day and have that 
reality again because yeah. you know waking up every day mm. and going your chest tightens and you say it it really happened to me like my baby died mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so um that was a tricky night but and get through it you know spoke to my husband all night we were up to the early hours and it was it was not bearable but we got through it mm-hmm. um yeah. and then you just try and find a way to live with this but for me my age was apparent in my own mind and I'd been told already oh you're very old <laughs> you know I think you just are I think everything in the hospital system needs a complete oh my God, overhaul yeah. and re-education <clears throat> yeah. but that's another conversation mm-hmm. um and you know I just wanted to try immediately as so many of us do because you just want a baby mm-hmm. and yeah. you think it's going to fix you and maybe it does maybe it doesn't some people it might be that absolute you know distraction and joy that they need to allow the grief to not be so intense after the the death of their baby um but yeah I tried again and almost not immediately but in August my son Mm -hmm. died in June and the hospital advised me that it was too early but obviously I was like well if there's a chance I will take it um and it didn't work Uh And as we all know, that is that two week wait is honestly, I think you should be sedated for two weeks oh, and woken that's up what again. I said, I said, yeah, I wanted yeah. to be put to sleep. <laughs> You're not the first yeah. person to say that. It's, <laughs> but it's so intense, isn't it? And yeah, I don't know if you guys were the same, but I was weeing on sticks after seven days when I was told 14. You know, I was like, oh, but let's just try. Um, but it's, you know, no one's mental and no one's crazy. You're just in this complete world of of not obsession even but in many cases obsession I mean in my case I think it was obsession but yeah, you know where you just really need this to happen mm-hmm. and um you know I was 40 at this point so therefore for me it was just like oh sugar I might not get any more eggs or mm. we don't know what's going on yeah. so round two well round three in total but round two after the loss of my son uh no so we did round three and then um no And then Mm. I just kept going. Every time I got my period, I got super cross. And I just phoned the people that I got to know, like the really nice nurses. And I was like, can I speak to so-and-so, please? And they were very great. I'm like, fuck, it hasn't happened again. When can I come back in? And she's like, are you okay? I was like, yes, just book me back in now. Book me in. Um, And they were wonderful with my, I will say the word crazy, with my craziness. Um, (laughs) They were super sweet to me. You need to find someone at the IVF clinic who you really connect with I think yeah. and yeah, yeah. they can allow you to be yourself yeah that's actually keep... really good advice yeah because if you keep going to different people yeah then they don't know your story you haven't no. got that rapport with them so I actually on most of my appointments I always asked for the same person yeah yeah to see if they were there and it really helped um so then round four mm-hmm. and I remember this is the like this is the moment that I really sort of thought oh blimey I'm, I'm lost in all this now so I did a pregnancy test and it was definitely one line but I could see two I could ah. see a faint two and so I ran around to my friend's house and it was the same friend actually Charlotte that took my elder son when I phoned her in the middle of the night when my son died and I just told her what happened and she just 
organized everything with my son. It was awesome. Um, but I ran around her and I was like, oh my God, Charlotte, let's go under that, you know, skylight in your kitchen and check the pregnancy test. So she and I, like completely loopy individuals, I'm jumping up and down going, I think there's a line. And she's going, I do too. I think I can see it. And I was like, oh my God. And we were hugging and, you know, and literally I've got, I've got a blank or, you know, like no line pregnancy test in front of me. We're both. It's mental though, what your eyes do to you. Cause I've, I've been in that situation before where I'm convinced there's a line. Take it to my husband being like, there's definitely a line there. He's like, no, that no there isn't yeah don't be ridiculous yeah and then I realized maybe it's to do with the shadow oh I don't know I mean I was in broad daylight it was it was my mind yeah you know so Mm. you know then I got my period again and round four didn't work Mm -hmm. and so goodness I just asked the the clinic I said look can we just do a different protocol can we switch things up yeah and it worked and I got more embryos than I did the first time and yeah, and I was 41 mm-hmm. and way more embryos of a good enough quality to go through to blastocyst than we had the first time. Wow. And, you know, so equally when people say your age is a factor, yeah, it absolutely is. There's no denying medical science. But with me, it is sort of proof that, and I'm not trying to give anyone false hope, but it's proof that I got a completely different and much more, yeah. um, you know, joyful result at 41 I suppose drugs have different effects on different yeah. people right yeah. and I suppose yep. you you found the protocol that, that worked for you I guess and I suppose that's yeah and it was much shorter didn't get depressed I mean didn't put weight on and you know <laughs> blimey yeah. um and um and yeah so then got pregnant everything was going well and I was having literally I was paying for extra scans this time um, and I thought, you know, I'm going to have to throw some money at this because I cannot do that again. So uh, they'd already said, look, you're probably going to have to have a cyclage if you have another baby. So I was already okay. aware. Yeah. So I went in for my, I don't know, I don't even know what scan it was, to be honest, um, 11 weeks because I was having more in between mm-hmm. like the um, scheduled ones. And they said, oh, God. And I said, what? And they were like, oh, God, um, you're going to lose your, like, more or less, you're going to lose your baby. Oh, so, Yeah. It was so mental. And they were like, we can see what's happening this time, blah, blah, blah. So the next morning, literally first appointment, cyclage, totally fine. So my husband was working. He was on business at one point. And through my pregnancy, everything was fine. And then I started bleeding. Um, and I just thought, oh, God, no, 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 no. This is not happening to me again. And he he was coming back from the airport and I said please don't go to the office please come home first he came home and literally I sat on the loo and passed an enormous clot which I thought was the baby um and I just went downstairs to the kitchen put some rubber gloves on really you know totally pragmatic I was like no this is not happening to me went upstairs with a ziploc bag a freezer bag and picked up what I thought was my baby in the Ziploc bag. And I said, we're going to hospital now, you know, sort of fuck this. I cannot do this again. So we're driving to hospital. Both of us think we've lost a baby. And, um, and I don't want this to be an upsetting conversation for your listeners because I didn't lose my baby. It was a subchorionic hemorrhage. Um, it was a large (laughs) blood clot, obviously, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. And so 
there is no happy ending to this story, but that is a very, um, it's, it's, it's joyful that my daughter arrived. Yeah. Um, and you know, what do you mean by that? There's no happy ending. Well, because it's very difficult when you're saying, when I'm saying, I'm so happy my daughter's here. I just need to be super aware that there are people without children and there are people who are going through fertility. And I just, it's And also you lost a son. I did. Yeah. She's not a replacement. Presumably. No, 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 no. It's just, I don't, you know, when you almost feel like in this community and because of everything we've all been through, it's just kinder to, to not be as celebratory as you would be with your husband, for example. Yeah. You know, when you're in the spaces where people are, you know, having the issues that I've, I've totally been through it, you know, my son did die at five months and I've had six rounds of IVF and it was, it was really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is that thing that I don't know, I just don't want anyone listening to feel more disheartened by something I say than hopeful. Of course. I don't think they would. You don't? No. no. Having heard this, I think, you know, you have been through a lot, as you say. Mm. And I think, you know, most people listening would be very happy to hear that that this is the ending. Mm. Obviously, nothing will replace your son and you still have a very sad and traumatic story. But obviously, you know, the ending is happier, gladly. Um, But yeah, I think people... you know people would be happy for you I think okay definitely (laughs) I just think you know for people that are in the mid stages or Mm. I just think it's so difficult it's so difficult I did try throughout my entire time to not be angry Mm -hmm. at other people or jealous there were moments of course there were (laughs) but you just got I just kept that really in the forefront of my mind please don't get consumed with anger or jealousy because that's about somebody else like I can have the guilt and I can have the denial and I can have the longing and they're all my emotions but when Mm -hmm. I'm directing them other people it really bothered me you know I think that's admirable it's hard I'm I'm not a saint and I did look at some pregnant women and think oh my god I literally don't hate you but I hate the fact that this isn't happening to me you know but yeah, it's um, it's just, hard not to get consumed. Did you, I mean, this is kind of a stupid question really, but I'm going to ask it's it anyway. It's not a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice emotionally differences in your, the, in all three of your pregnancies? So your first pregnancy obviously happened fairly easily. Like it, you didn't seem to have any massive challenges during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You obviously, you're second pregnancy was comparatively I suppose easy until it wasn't mm-hmm. and your third yeah. pregnancy was hard one and it sounds like you had kind of moments of trauma all the way through did you find it became progressively harder to enjoy it did you enjoy your first pregnancy did you feel able to relax during it didn't love it okay um mainly because I I this isn't a vanity thing. This is a, a, an energy level thing. I was super tired all the time. Yeah, I yeah. put on loads of weight. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I ran the marathon. I used to be, in addition to my career in fashion, I was a spin instructor mm-hmm. on Sundays and in the evenings because I am obsessed with, not obsessed with exercising, but I love exercising. Yeah. So this all changed for me within my first pregnancy and I became very sluggish and had to continue working, which was fine. But yeah, it was always in like, on shoots in studios and at that time 
my experience of the magazine that I was at, nobody was very forgiving of a pregnant person. Right. So it was quite tough in the way I was treated in that particular magazine. And um, I remember being sent to Paris with two suitcases, quite heavily pregnant, to do a shoot. And they booked me on the 540 train from Waterloo, uh, from St Pancras. And I'm just like, wow. Okay. Wow. Mm. Um, Zero fucks given. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, you know, that was the culture at the magazine at the time. I'm pretty sure everything like that's changed now. My son is, you know, nine quite a while ago. Um, Mm -hmm. So there was that side of things. And I did get preeclampsia. And I was like gigantic at the end because of all that was going on in my body that I didn't realize. Um, But yes, didn't love it. Second pregnancy, I was already feeling terrible from the drugs, from the IVF drugs at the beginning, um, because that protocol wasn't the best for me, but nobody knew it wasn't the best for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so already sluggish, super down, middle of winter, loads of weight on. um, Yeah. Difficult, you know, difficult Um, and super sick. I'm always super sick in my pregnancies. Right. Which is not very helpful. It's just it's just yuck right it's just not great yeah um but then my third pregnancy well yeah third pregnancy with Audrey loved it okay loved it I it was when did we do that IVF round she was born in she was born in April my maths isn't working right now but it was definitely summertime right so sun was out I was walking my son to school every day going for extra long walks afterwards um you know always walking eat I ate really healthily through this pregnancy and that's unlike me because I normally go for sweets and you know fish cakes and chips um (laughs) but it's super healthy and it made a huge difference to my pregnancy by actually taking care of myself this time Mm -hmm. you know um just I I really enjoyed the pregnancy with Audrey because podcast was in you know mega walks just a whole difference in how I treated my body throughout it rather than just letting go and eating what I wanted and feeling very down and sluggish and what about it kind of in your head were you were you kind of feeling anxious were you able to kind of contain that anxiety no no not at all because any every time I felt something or you know discharge would come out I just have to go to the nearest shop changing room or my bathroom at home and you know it's it's exhausting because you're continually thinking that every single thing in your body is a negative mm-hmm. and that your baby's going to die again mm-hmm. um and then obviously the news with how my baby had moved before the cyclage was fitted the next morning that wasn't great but it was like a real few moment like we got it sorted um you know the hemorrhage but again it was totally shit but then the heartbeat was found and it was explained what it was Mm -hmm. so there were all these moments throughout but it was just a continual anxiety throughout the whole pregnancy that I can't I cannot go through this again like I cannot I I I just worried that I would kill myself Mm -hmm. honestly if I had to go through that again because it was so bad it was so bad that I just thought I do not know if I could survive a second time. I I probably would have because I have a son and I have a lovely husband and everything else would have hopefully become clear. Yeah. But there was that fear that 
I don't know if I could continue if it happened again. I think that's more common than a lot of people let on. Right. That kind of, those kind of thoughts creeping in. Yeah. Did you, did you find ways of kind of dealing with those? Um. I mean, you mentioned before that you just stayed up all night talking to your husband, which seems like one coping strategy. Yeah, that was, that was really helpful. I think talking, you know, but after a while as well, you can't, you can't keep talking to the same people about the same things because they're not counsellors, they're your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have, I was always very aware when I'd really gone through it to then pull back a bit and just not make the conversation always about the same subject or make it heavy, you know. So I think if I'd have found a good counsellor, I 100% would have paid for a counsellor. Yeah. Because... I think looking back at it, that's the one area that I didn't get any assistance on was my mental health. And that is the area that I think is your most important part of this, whether it's, you know, you can talk to your girlfriends, you can talk to your husband, but I just think getting a trained grief counsellor is one of the most important things you can do. Yeah. Everyone we've ever spoke to about getting counselling has been like, you can just never have enough (laughs) counselling. It's just not possible to have enough. So it's kind yeah. of, you know. But like, I wish at the hospital they mm. would actually have a system where they would recommend. I'm going to, you know, hopefully put this to, you know, Sajid Javid, um, but who I'm in conversation with his team at the moment. But oh, yeah. what I think needs. Well, let's see. I mean, let's see. Um, what I would say is at the hospital, a bereavement counsellor came in who was more like a caricature from a working title film. It was so, yeah. so false and so whispery and so put on that my husband and I asked her politely to leave because it was not <laughs> helping. <laughs> you know, tell me about your feelings. No, like, no, oh no, God, no. please, I'm you not telling like, you about my feelings. My baby boy um, has just died. <laughs> yeah. And then I, you know, I spoke to my GP and I said, um, I need help. And then the next day after my phone call, my doctor at the time, even though I didn't live in the neighborhood anymore, was in Notting Hill because mm-hmm. I loved my doctor surgery. She said, right, I'm going to put you on the list for counseling, which was a general NHS counseling service, meaning unbeknown to me at the time, there is no specialist. You just get someone who is trained in general counseling, right. which is great. Don't get me wrong. It's it's great that there is a service for it. Mm-hmm. However, if you are dealing with a death or a particular yeah. type of mental issue you need a specialist in that area Absolutely. for sure so the next day after I made the phone call the Grenfell Tower f- happened right and those poor poor people 100% took priority and I get it and I I am with the doctor surgery for giving them priority over me for sure but it meant that I was a month down the line for a phone call and that is fine. It wasn't fine for me, but it's fine in the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then I got a phone call and because everyone in the neighborhood was so overwhelmed, all the doctor surgeries, it was a, a phoning council service at the beginning. And so I'm talking to them. And at the time we were living in a rental and had all of our stuff in a garage attached to the rental. And they were asking me all these questions like, where are your belongings? And I would say, oh, they're in a garage, you know, attached to the place we're renting. 
Anyway, they hadn't read my notes and they'd assumed I was a Grenfell victim for about three weeks. So I was having this counselling that was making no sense to me, but... Right, and you're like, there must be method in their madness, I'm just (laughs) going with it. I was like, I'm too traumatised, I'm going to answer all of these questions that make absolutely no sense to me, but I'm going to answer the questions. So anyway, that happened, um, and another time I turned up, my counsellor was on holiday but hadn't emailed me to tell me. So it was was a real letdown. Um, So what I would have done... But when you're grieving and in that much, you know, shock and trauma, there's no way I'm going to Google best counselling service in my neighbourhood and spend hours trying to find a counsellor. It's impossible mentally. You know, I could barely make a cup of tea. Um, So that was a disaster. But my looking back at it, I think the hospital should have said, here are four grief counsellors that we've vetted in your neighbourhood. There are four numbers. And whether they're NHS or not, I think an NHS and a private option should be given. And, you know, depending on how quickly you need to see somebody, you might have to find the money to do private or you can wait for the NHS if if you're mentally able to. Um, and I think that should be a, a, an immediate, in, that should be immediate, in, immediate information given to people who've lost a pregnancy at any stage is the arrest and counsellors that are... Yeah that will deal um, with this particular area gobsmacked you know? that it didn't happen to be honest it's just crazy they give you leaflets and then I'm like um I don't know what the hell this means because my baby just died and I want to go home and you know not I'm not able to read or absorb or understand anything yeah I need someone to sort of help me a bit um so I will say there's I'm not slamming the NHS they are amazing and we rely on them for so much but they're, within pregnancy loss, it's really, really dated Yeah, I mean, in how they deal with people. Yeah. And you, you also, you know, your experience is so much so determined by how, who, is, who, who is treating you. <gasps> For sure. 100%. Pippa, I'm keen to know you. Um, I mean, it's fair to say you have a generous following on Instagram. Um, do you, right. <laughs> how much of your journey did you share? Because obviously your followers are, you know, it's all about your fashion. What did you share anything? And, you know, how did it kind of play out? Did you feel like you should? Did you rather well, keep, you know? What happened was, is um, I'd obviously got to the three month stage. And I think lots of people out and about, I think in, in the industry, the fashion that I'm in, is loads of social events right so you're always talking and I love to talk oh my god love it (laughs) so I'm really open oh yes you know infertility uh IVF so I think loads of people knew and I had sort of I had mentioned before on Instagram years before I'd love a second baby and all of this stuff so three month mark comes baby bump goes up ta-da yeah um and then maybe one or two more bump pictures I guess in between everything else I was doing and then Axel dies and I'm getting emails all the time really nice ones how's the bump uh, which oh, anybody in any God. industry or any friend group would get right so I was yeah. like okay how do I how do I deal with this so it took about maybe a week after he died and I couldn't take one more email couldn't or message you know even though they were super nice and I just took a photo of his footprints with some flowers that someone had sent me and sat in the bedroom on my own and just composed an email that was the tribute to him and I put the picture of his footprints up 
Ooh, getting quite teary talking about it. Oh, um, and just said, told people what happened, you know? And I said, thank you for the kind comments about my bump, but there is no more bump. Well, there is a bump, but there's nothing in there. Um, oh. So, you know, so that was a really immediate and for want of a better word, effective way to let people know I'd lost my baby. Yeah. And then like thousands of DMs because they said, I couldn't like your post because I didn't know if I could like it because it's about your baby dying. But here's, you know, I want to let you know that I'm okay. And I, I think I ended up writing back to almost everybody, which uh. took so long, but I was grieving and it was quite nice, you know, at the time. Yeah. It was helpful. Um, I don't think it was. Okay. Um, I think it was just, it was compounding a grief that was already extremely yeah. intense. Yeah. So I don't think it helped. And I think what I should have done is just come off of social media for yeah. two months uh-huh. and spent yeah. time with friends in person. I don't think it was very good mentally at all to be on social media after I lost my baby. Did you feel any kind of resentment that you had to share that news? No, no. Okay. No, not at all. No, and everyone was super kind. And then loads of people that I know were really sweet to say it happened to them at this stage, this stage, this stage. And before this, I didn't know anyone, you know, so yeah. th- that was one positive in that I could talk to people who understood in some sense, you know, some people had full term losses, some people had four week losses, but it was a joint conversation and everybody understood, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but no, I just again, looking back at things now and how different social media is even now, four years later than how it was when I was on it, when I explained that I'd lost my baby. I just think there's lots of areas that are are potentially more damaging than helpful. Mm. And I think in-person support and going to support groups in person and having a coffee with somebody that you might meet actually on Instagram that DMs you in person. I just think this you know, this space of no, no personal connection as in you don't know them. And it's so much time I spent on my phone. And I just think it wasn't ultimately helpful. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pippa, I guess final question, um, which is that you've got a book coming out. I do. Can you tell us all about it? What's it called? Um, When's it coming out? What's it about? (laughs) It's, um, So it's called Beyond Grief, Mm -hmm. uh, Navigating the Journey of Pregnancy and Baby Loss. And it's out next August. So there's, you know, it's quite a way off, but I'm, you know, I've written it. um, Well, actually, I'm submitting it next week um, to my publisher. I know it's, it's been, it's been an intense, incredible, unbelievably lovely experience to write it. Mm -hmm. And I have heard stories from kind contributors who are in my book that even I in my what I believed was in-depth knowledge of this area didn't know there is so much that I didn't know and I really thought I knew pretty much everything you know um so basically it's all of the things it's it's an answer to every question that I wish I'd known when my baby died and there are contributor stories from three weeks of pregnancy loss to full-term pregnancy loss. It's it's every sort of, not every scenario, obviously there's too many, but there's a a wide range of contributor stories within the book that I'm just hoping will allow people to see the bigger, broader picture of everything that happens. Um, I've worked with 
really lovely doctors and psychotherapists to give me the advice that I wasn't able to give in the book myself. Yeah. And there's lots of my experiences and um, lots of things that looking back four years now, four years since it happened, I really believe I, well, I know I can help people by telling them the things I didn't know then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. that's pretty so much what our book is. <laughs> it's right. It's just that it's just sort of saying, God, I wish I'd known all of these things. Yeah. And here's some hopefully comforting advice and knowledge from others and shared stories. And, um, you know, I, I love my book. I am. I, it's it's just turned out to be so much better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And because of my experience, I have no qualms at all in saying how amazing my book is because I'm allowed to. Because if this was about shoes or I don't know travel, I think I'd not be able to be quite so confident because it's, yeah. it's not the done thing. We're English, right? Mm-hmm. But because of the subject matter, I think I'm just going to be able to say exactly how I feel about it without worrying that I'm coming across as sort of an egomaniac. <laughs> You like that attitude a lot because you worked really hard on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Peppa, look, thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. And um, I think everyone would be keeping their eyes peeled for the book. When can you pre-order? I think there's, well, I know there's a pre-order link now. It's very, very early, isn't it? But um, yes, it's out next August. And I've I've loved talking to you. And because of my nature, I actually want to talk to you for another hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week with... I don't... I haven't decided. Oh, you haven't decided who it is yet? No. It's exciting, isn't it? Because I think you're doing an interview next week aren't you i am well yes yes i am yes so yes. it might be might be that person might be might the be other that. person yeah well, excellent um don't forget to after you've ordered our book order pippa vosper's book that's oh, beyond yeah. grief navigating the journey of pregnancy and baby loss you guys are gonna have the most well-stocked infertility libraries you sure are and also you know if you fancy something lighter read ghosts indeed indeed <laughs> there you go all right guys have a great week have a lovely time and we'll see you very soon speak to you very soon bye fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.